Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guests are James and Claire Davis, the midlife mentors. Now, James and Claire help people in midlife transform their bodies with health, nutrition, diet, fitness, menopause, and so much more. They're both a bundle of energy. And this episode is taken from my live breakup recovery retreat. And this episode is taken from my live breakup recovery retreat, where I interviewed them both live as my guests. So (laughs) would you like to introduce yourselves and explain to everyone who are the midlife mentors? Oh, go on, James. Big task. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, so as Sarah said there, we are the midlife mentors. So our background is we started out with uh, fitness holidays and coaching back in 2011. But about two and a half years ago, because of our age uh, and what we were seeing with all of our clients, we got really interested in midlife health in particular, but looking at the holistic whole, so not just the physical side of training, which we, we kind of all know, but like nutrition, our gut health, our hormone health, how stress affects that, um, looking particularly at our mindset as well, and how all this ties together for the holistic, holistic whole. So now we run a podcast, Midlife Mentors, top 1.5% on Listen Notes, um, we run coaching programs for midlifers. And, and we started running retreats again. We started running retreats again now, but COVID's in the way out. We just ran one last week in Marbella. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's now, us in a nutshell. Now the, now the world has gone a little bit more kind of normal, hopefully a bit more normal. We're running retreats again because we love that, you know, one-to-one connection. So that's great. I mean, I've been on your retreats. I love them. So just explain to people what happens on your retreats. Because a lot of people listening, going through very difficult breakups, yeah. thinking like to get away maybe but is it really hard work am i going to be able to do this because this sounds like maybe it's a bit hardcore so explain well, <laughs> well firstly what well, it is a really safe space i want to say that it's a really safe space we do get a lot of um so solo men and women that actually have come you know it's this time of our life and you know they're coming away feeling potentially um not very safe in their environment so actually coming to somewhere safe that they feel looked after and cared for um is really really important to us actually so we get a lot of people like that on our retreats coming as solos um and it really is like james said even the midlife mentors and midlife method stuff that we do um, it's a real body mind and soul approach so it's kind of it's all it's all areas of your life so it's not just about training and beasting you at all in fact we don't do that we never say that we're a boot camp it's about teaching you new ways to move your body that are in line with your hormones it's teaching you about nutrition and um, specifically for the midlife body um, but it's also teaching you a little bit about what's holding you back so i know sorry you were just talking so much about um i don't know like gratitude as well we came on when you were talking about gratitude and learning to I suppose build that resilience within yourself and look at your self-identity your self-beliefs um and stopping self-sabotaging yourself as well so it's a real kind of way to reset yourself that's that's what we say it's like a way to reset yourself in mind body and soul and it, it's perfect if you you are going through that breakup or have been through a breakup um because it's that reset button in every way we need right i mean january blues and it's tough 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 now you guys have your own individual stories of divorce 
James, you want to you start and then we'll move on to Claire. <laughs> yeah, so put me in a hot seat there. <laughs> Woo! That is a hot seat. <laughs> so yeah, I was married to my uh, first wife for I think about 15 or 16 years. We've been together like 17, 18 years. Um, and we'd moved to Ibiza together and set up the business and, and obviously over that period of time done a lot together. And I wasn't really aware anything was too drastically wrong in a relationship. You know, we, it was like minor things, but I think, you know, the pressure of the business was, was a major thing. Um, and in 2014, my wife just turned around and said, uh, I want a divorce, that's it. And it came completely out of the blue. So I went through my own struggles there, um, kind of left holding, holding a business with like hundreds of clients pouring through it, demanding time and attention. So I had to keep my eye on that ball while trying to deal, you know, with my emotions from the fallout of that. And yeah, speaking for myself, it was very debilitating. You know, um, it really destroyed my self-confidence for a long time. Um, I went into quite a destructive spiral in terms of my, my, I guess my therapy for myself was punishing my body. So I used to just like, you know, work out super, super hard all the time, um, really to an unhealthy amount. Um, and gradually, over time, you know, I, re- I started to recognize these patterns. I'm like, come on, you know, you coach this stuff. You know what you're, you're, what you're doing here. I started to recognize it, bring awareness to it, and start to work on myself. Claire came into my life, inspired me to do even more work. And, you know, and all I'd say to anyone who's, who's going through this or gone through this, however bleak it's looking right now, you know, there, there is a way out of it. Um, and your future can be amazing again. Your confidence can come back. Um, and it's a beautiful thing when it does. It's a really a chance, whether whether you're at midlife or not. If you if you've gone through a breakup, you know we all make compromises when we're in long term relationships. We all lose a little bit of ourselves. It's a chance to really reestablish your, who you are, but who you want to be as well. We always talk about that. You know your self identity. It's not set in stone. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? And like take the power to step into that. It is possible. So I've I've done it. Yeah. And I, I remember coming out to Ibiza, I think it must have been 2014, 2015, and you were just going through that and you, you hadn't got together with Claire at that point and you were, you know, very different to how you are now. And, you know, it's true that, you know, you walked your talk, you were doing things with your health and your fitness, which were your tools. I mean, I was doing different things in my divorce coaching skills, but, you know, you were doing things with your health and your fitness. I was like, wow, okay, because you were very um, disciplined with your food and how you were doing <laughs> things, but... It, it, yeah so has he relaxed somewhat Claire yes I'm ready to relax absolutely <laughs> you know because it is well I've been there as well you know that way of punishing yourself I mean um I this is my third marriage <laughs> so third, third time lucky I've been divorced twice so obviously it wasn't enough for me the first time around I thought I'd go again um and both of them were complete disasters for different reasons um and the second time um, I actually found out, it, it was quite a shock, I actually found out that, um, you know, we were broken up, but then he was having, he was with someone else, and it wasn't, it was all behind closed doors, and I felt, I felt very, I did feel very cheated by that, and in the end, I was put on antidepressants, it's all like 10 years ago now, so I was in such a bad way that I was put on antidepressants, and I was on them for about six months, and that's actually what inspired me, James, we always talk about this, James had always been into fitness and stuff, and, and I, I hadn't. It was actually looking after my, I will always say, when you're going through a really traumatic time, if you can find um, a way to start bringing some self-care, and I know that's a really overused word and, you know, it's really trite sometimes, but 
actually starting to look after what, how you are fueling your body, actually start moving your body, start taking care of your mind a little bit more, start practicing some gratitude. Those small things will make a huge, huge difference. So, you know, when everything else is out of control and just all over the place, that's the one thing for me that I found massively helps me. Well, you know, I was drinking too much alcohol. Um, I really wasn't taking care of myself at all and I'd never learned how to. And then when I learned how to start taking care of myself, I regained my power. You know, that was how I was regaining my power and my control. And actually, like James said, reestablishing a new identity for myself. Like, who do I want to be right now? And that helped me come off. It did help me come off my antidepressants, um, fueling myself properly, moving my body properly, starting to feel better in my own skin, more comfortable, losing some weight. And, and that's why I actually ended up wanting to help other people, other women, particularly going through divorces and going through breakups. It was really funny. You're, you attract your own tribe, don't you? So I was... When I first started out doing all the PT and the nutrition, I was attracting women that had gone through a similar thing to me. And it was just a beautiful, it was like, a, you know, butterflies coming back out of their shell again. It was, it was, you know, I'm very, very honoured to be able to do that. You guys do an amazing job. I know you've got a huge following. So, I mean, people look at you guys, obviously you are glowing and you're fit and you're healthy and you're there. You know, uh, you know people look at you and go, well, that's great for them, but I, how do I get there? Like, I don't, I don't want to work out. I don't need a six pack or whatever, but how do I, you know, you talk about getting yourself back on track. Let's look at the, the maybe nutrition first and then maybe fitness and then maybe we'll move on to mindset because I know you mentioned all three, but with food, you know, I mean, often comfort eating is a big mm -hmm. thing. Either not eating, mm -hmm. I, I went on the Costa, so I'm not recommending this, but I went on the Costa hot chocolate diet, which is the only thing <laughs> I ate for about three months. And I lost a lot of weight on the diet, even though it's only just sugar and whatever it is, I don't know. Oh, and I can't goodness. even stand the smell of them now. But, you mm -hmm. know, that's, that's the only thing my, my PA at the time could get me to, to date. So that was it. So, but I mean, that wasn't healthy, um, but I wasn't eating much. I've got clients that eat a lot to mm, compensate. And I have clients that drink a lot more. Um, mm. which again takes the edge off but then can have a very negative effect on it as well so if you, if anyone you know watching or listening right now you know how can they move past that just small steps i just before you go in i just want to say just on this it, you know like right at the right at the beginning there you were like people looking at claire and james they must think oh you know that's fit and healthy they've always been that way just touched on the fact that i haven't been at all i've been like a couple of dress sizes bigger than i am now um, and a couple of dress sizes smaller. I had a really unhealthy relationship with food and my body, like proper body dysmorphia. So it takes time is what I want to say. It's not, you know, it's not, oh, they're naturally like that or, or you know, setting your, having expectations that are, are beyond what is within your remit right now. You're going through a breakup. You're going through a divorce. Be kind to yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. Don't compare yourself really to other people. Just be on your own journey um, and just... And just make sure that you're nurturing and loving yourself as much as you possibly can. But I wanted to say that because sometimes, you know, it's easy, isn't it, to look at other people and think, oh, you know, they've always been that way. Or, you know, why aren't I like that? Or why can't I be like that person? It's, you know, I always say comparison is the thief of joy. Just be, this is your healing journey. So make sure it's yours and that you're not comparing yourself to other people. Absolutely well yeah. said. I say with, um, with breakups, you know, we know that it's a stressful time for people. And what happens when we go into a stress response? Essentially, there's, there's two things going on for us that, that could make us likely to, to overeat. Uh, the first is the body's stress response, right? You know, we're not good at distinguishing between psychological stress and physiological stress. 
And our evolutionary stress response is geared up for the physiological, i.e. there's a physical threat, we need to fuel to fight or flight. So when we have a psychological threat, obviously we're not going to use that fuel. Something like a breakup, we're just under stress and then we're playing over everything. It's the same thing. Our body's like, oh, stress, we need to take food on board. Which is why we start craving, particularly, you know, those high energy foods, starchy, sugary. So the tendency is to go for that. I think you said earlier, like sit, sitting under the duvet eating a bag of crisps, you know, is a classic example. There's also um, a really strong link between our emotions and our diet. You know, most of our neurotransmitters are actually produced in the gut. You know, there's more and more research on this all the time, but 90% of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut, not in the brain where we first thought. So what we eat actually has a massive impact on our emotions and what we feel. And again, if we're fueling with like processed foods, high sugar foods, that's all damaging our gut biomes as well. So that leads to like increased feelings of anxiety and depression. So we've got these like two things going on, on one side, you know, stress response, load with energy. And then the food you are taking in is, is actually like making you feel worse. It's increasing your anxiety. So what I do is, I always say the first step to, uh, to change is awareness. So recognize that and just be like, all oh, right, my body's telling me to reach the chocolate digestives. Actually, you know what? I should probably eat something a little bit healthier. So let's get, you know, a cracker with some cream cheese on it. Let's get um, some wholemeal bread, put some like good quality peanut butter on it. Wouldn't be try and take little steps a little bit at a time. You know, there's no point if at the moment you're sitting there and you eating cake every day, there's no point going, right, I'm going to survive on fish and rice for the next six weeks. You're just going to, you know, I hate the word, but you're going to fail at it. Take the small steps, change your diet slowly over time, start trying to build up more of the whole foods, the natural foods, increase your lean protein in particular, things like, you know, fresh fish, lean poultry, lean red meats, pulses, beans. Um, and yeah, just start making the small changes, learn your portion sizes. And then the big thing is when we're stressed, you know, um, we start to think we're hungry all the time. Actually, hunger is often mild dehydration. So make sure you're drinking enough water, you know, always have that big glass of water. But I say if, you're, if you've had your, had your meal and you're thinking, right, physiologically, do I need to take in more calories or not? Or as it's just like a habit that's starting to go or is it a stress response? Go and have a massive glass of water first. Wait 20 minutes because that's how long the, the chemical signals take to go. And then if you're still hungry, then have like a little high protein snack. I'd also say just on the awareness proceed, we always say awareness proceeds change. You can't change what you don't know. So actually what, what happens a lot with food is it's an emotion, it's an emotional driven thing. So it's like actually becoming aware of what those emotions are, what your triggers are and what your emotions are. So I always say we start, I, I did this, you stuff down your feelings with food. To stuff them down, you're either bored, you're lonely. I mean, loneliness is is a is a killer, right? So when we're going through breakout, you feel really lonely, you feel really anxious, you feel angry. All these feelings and emotions, you're trying to stuff them down with food, or conversely, you're actually you've gone off food completely, and you're almost going into um, you know beating up your body. So you're actually reverse um engineering it you're actually taking it out on your body by not eating so there, there's two sides of the coin and actually looking at the triggers for both of those is really really important but actually having awareness of what your trigger is and what emotion you might be feeling that makes you go to reach for the alcohol you know, talk about alcohol going to reach for the biscuit going to reach for the chocolate and all that sort of stuff um, and actually we we try and say with our with our clients like when that's going on when you feel that acknowledge it don't try and hide from it what you what you hide from gets more power over you so actually not acknowledge it stare it in the face and go that's what I'm feeling and then actually have like a we call like a five second rule go and do something else 
If you're suddenly aware of what your trigger is and what your emotion is, just go and do something else. You need a whole list of those things ready to implement when that happens. And actually, you know, behind that is a whole load of belief systems, but it's a real inner work. This isn't just about nutrition and and making sure you're changing this, that and the other. It's actually being aware of what emotions, because you're fueling feelings and fuel. They're completely interlinked. So understand what you're feeling when you're going after a certain food or going after the alcohol is really important. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great. Great advice. Guys, in the chat, what's your comfort food? Where do you go? I mean, I, I um, when I was going through mine, it was the hot chocolate, but I, I can't stand the smell of it anymore. It's interesting as you change. I think someone put in there actually. Pasta. You don't want certain foods. Bread, Angela says. Pasta. Bread. Yeah, pasta, chocolate, yeah. and gin. <laughs> oh, chocolate and gin. What Together, a combo. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a fun evening. Oh, I think I, dream... mine. I love it. Look at all these ones coming in. Mine was pasta. I was a real carb girl. I was like, oh, I know. I'll have pasta with cheese on. That was my go to. And it also, I didn't have to think about it too much when I was cooking there on my own. You know, Nutella, I just. Toast. Nutella, toast. Nutella, I, 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 toast. We can see there's a real theme here, right? This, this again energy is food. all high energy foods, high sugar, high starch, uh, which your body will release really quickly. So, what's happening on a hormonal level there is our insulin shooting up to get this high, going, oh, I feel great. I feel energized. But of course, after every high is a low, which is why, you know, you eat that packet of biscuits, you feel great for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Half an hour later, you're like in this slump, like, oh, I feel really low now. I need to eat something again. So we want to try and minimize those and foods and, and narrow that, that insulin roller coaster down. So we're keeping a stable, stable blood sugar level. Because sugar is linked to depression and anxiety, like we've said. Mm. So, you know, if you're and also people think it's just a chocolate biscuit or a piece of cake. High GI carbs are also sugar. So if you're stuffing your face like with pasta, like I was, I'm going to get that massive insulin spike. And then I'm going to everything that goes up must come down. So there's this constant up and down not only of my insulin response but my emotions and my anxiety and my sleep you know if you're having too much sugar in your diet your sleep's massively impaired so i mean i like what you said about replacing it for something else because i always say you know if you can't stop doing something without replacing it with something else so just guys what what can they replace it for what what guys what are you going to replace it for like maybe put your your suggestions your own yeah. suggestions in the chat but guys what would you recommend um, so I, James always says, like, especially around the alcohol, because this is a massive thing for our, our clients as well. You know, it's that five o'clock or six o'clock thing for a lot of people. Put the laptop down, go in if we're working at home, which a lot of us have been. And you've got the kids around you and you're cooking for the kids. You go for that glass of wine instead of going for a glass of wine, actually just have like a herbal tea or like we're drinking right now. We've got like non-alcoholic gin and fizz. So you actually feel like you're having a treat. Again, it needs to feel like a bit of a treat, but we've got alcohol, um, zero alcohol gin. So doing the same thing, or for me, I go and do, you know, when I was coming off the alcohol, <laughs> not drinking so much at the moment, I'm alcohol free. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life 
and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. Coming off the alcohol, not drinking as much at the moment, I'm alcohol free. I was going off and doing something else like reading a book or going for a walk or phoning a friend or even doing a little bit of exercise. Seriously, just doing some jumping jacks to get the endorphin rush that I'm looking for, that you want the dopamine hit that the alcohol is normally giving you, go and get it from somewhere else. A really, a really good thing to do is write down things that give you pleasure that are non-food or drink related. Just <laughs> yeah. spend, spend like an evening, write more little bits of paper, tear them up, tear them up, put them all in a jar. So when you're like, oh, I want a snack, dip into that, and I'll be like, oh, paint your nails. Oh, read a chapter That's what James book. does. James, James is like, oh, I'm really after a drink. I'll it's a, paint it's my a nails. distraction <laughs> technique, you know, it's like a pattern interrupt. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, break, break it then, distract from it. And then the, the, actually the urge to yeah. eat whatever it is, drink whatever it is, will, will go away. Yeah, and I love the idea of non-alcoholic drinks. And I guess you've got to watch the sugar content on those, I suppose, yeah, as yeah. well. But, I mean, if you're in the supermarket and you usually go and get the crisps and then you go past the chocolate biscuits and then you go for, you know, what can people be grabbing? Is it like things like nuts or what, what about those health bars? Are they any good? Do you no, think? no. <laughs> stay away from the health bars. We're always banging about this. These health bars are always held together with essentially dried fruits. So when you actually look, key, right, here's a key thing for everyone. All food is labelled, right? You want to learn the label on the back. The bit you want to look at is carbohydrates of which sugars. Anything over 21.5% or 21.5 grams per 100 grams is considered a high sugar food according to NHS guidelines. You'll find some of those health bars oh are goodness. like 33, 40 grams per like 50 grams or something because they've just used like um, date syrups, crushed dates, everything. You eat one of those and this is where people go wrong, you know, the, they're really enticingly packaged with a little squirrel or the rabbit on. Your kid's going, oh, I want one. You give your kids one thing, and this is a healthy treat. Next minute, you know, little Johnny's going bananas because he's got a huge sugar rush. <laughs> plain nuts are really good. So plain nuts, obviously they're nutritionally dense, got calories, so just um, a sm- small amount. Um, good quality nut butters, again, with no palm oil, no sugars, no salt. Things like cottage cheese, high protein, low fat, if you like it. I know it's a bit like love or hate with cottage cheese. Um, Stuff like uh, Greek yogurt as well. Low fat Greek yogurt, again, will stimulate your your leptin, which is your I'm full hormone. Just a lot of things to go to. And one of ours is like have some protein powder, get good quality protein powder, sprinkle some of that in some yogurt, even just make a little shake with it. And there you go. Yeah, protein is really key. Having good quality protein for every every meal and even a snack will help trigger leptin, which is your iron four hormones. That's a game changer for so many people. Uh, rather than going for the sugary snack, which does absolutely nothing, go for protein. Good tip. All right, great. So that's nutrition. Tick. Thank you. I love it. Uh, let's go to fitness then. So, I mean, how can we sort of start to improve our general fitness you know i mean obviously if you've been in a toxic relationship 
you know, or you've been in a, um, an abusive relationship that, you know, too much exercise can trigger that. I know when I, you know, I have problems with, I go for these real runs and end up having a panic attack halfway around because yes. I was already in fight or fight all yes. the time anyway. And I was like, I'm going to push myself, push myself. And then I'm like, oh, I can't breathe. So, you know, sometimes that isn't the best way forward. So what's your advice for people that, you know, maybe aren't normal, natural exercises, but need to get something going? Well, I'd say just start start somewhere. Something is better than nothing. So um, step by step, literally step by step. So going for a walk and just increasing that um, every other day, just increasing that walk. Um, do what you love is, is first of all, you know, don't, don't start running. Don't think, oh, I've got to go and run um, if I don't like running. Try and find something you actually enjoy, whether it's, you know, some people for some people it might be a crazy spin class it might just be a gentle run it might be going out in nature that's a really really good way actually to to help with your stress hormone cortisol is actually go out in nature there's lots of research around being out in nature bringing your stress hormone down getting that vitamin d as well which helps with the low mood the anxiety and the depression so getting outside and actually doing something is really key um what we would say as well is make sure that you are doing resistance training right and this this is a non-negotiable um especially at midlife it's a non-negotiable anyway but doing some resistance training because as we age um our muscle mass decreases so does our bone density so if we if we want to feel good in our own skin as well we want to maintain muscle mass muscle is more metabolically active than fat so you're increasing your metabolic rate um so you want to be doing that anyway for good health good bone health as well but it just makes you and i am i honestly this was how i got myself over, helped get myself over my divorce and my breakup was actually just feeling strong and powerful in my body. And you can do the amount of cardio you want, but actually I promise you, once you start getting some resistance, like lifting, there's something really, really amazing. The mind body connection that when you start lifting some weights and feeling stronger in your body and more powerful, that then complements how you're starting to feel physically and mentally and emotionally as well so it's really really it's a real confidence booster to start doing some some resistance training as well um, i'll just add to that whatever exercise you do as well there's a lot of research linking exercise to lower levels of anxiety and depression Chasing. and so it is a proven mood booster and here's like the amazing stat if you start to exercise regularly every time you exercise you produce endorphins feel good neuro neurotransmitters if you're doing it regularly, even on the days that you don't exercise, that you have a rest day, you still get that feel-good boost. So that's a reason to start yeah. doing it. Yeah. The other thing I say is um, people always overestimate the amount of calories that you burn doing exercise. Most of our calorie burn comes from what we call like non-exercise activities. And particularly with you know, lockdown, we will be moving around a lot less, which is one of the reasons people may have put on a few pounds <laughs> during, during the last couple of years. So don't underestimate that. You know, it's just about remembering to get up, you know, walk around the house. Uh, if you've only got to go a short distance, maybe don't take the car, go for a walk, you know, go up the stairs, don't take the lift. All those little things will start to add up over time. I just say, like, remember the long-term game as well. I did a post on this this morning. You know, it's it's not always going to be easy to get yourself moving at first, but this is, we're all talk, you know, we were going to mention this. It's about having a really, really strong why. It's about having a really strong why. Like, why do you want to do this? Why is this important to you? Um, actually being healthy and happy for your children as well. You mentioned this earlier before we came on. Being being a really good role model, being the healthiest, most energised version of yourself. So, you know, thinking about that and thinking, not, oh my God, I can't stand this, I'm getting up and having to do this, but actually giving yourself self-talk, this is going to get easier, I'm doing this. 
because I want to reclaim my power, my, my sense of control over my body, my mind and my life. I want to be a good role model for, for my children. I want to be healthy. I want to, you know, live a great life, a long life, healthy life. Um, so it's about knowing that it's, you, don't, you don't necessarily start out moving your body thinking, oh, yeah, this is amazing. A lot of the time you just think this is such a chore. But once you start, momentum breeds momentum. Once you start getting the results and start feeling good and get those dopamine hits and the endorphin rushes, it, it becomes a lot easier. It does, it does. And I, there's some questions coming here, guys, about mm. kettlebells. What are your thoughts about kettlebells and HIIT training? And then also what resistance activities do you recommend for beginners? Okay, Ooh. let's deal with those. Kettlebells, Kettlebells are Love. amazing. Yeah, we get a lot most of our, our clients. Do. Obviously, again, a lot of people haven't been in gyms. So most, most of our clients work out at home and most of them work out with kettlebells and resistance bands are also good. They're the big stretchy elastic bands. You get them in different thicknesses, which gives you a different level of resistance. They're great. I love them. Obviously, cheap as chips, uh, don't take up any space and still give you a good workout. But kettlebells are so versatile. You can do so many moves. You know, you can start with just one or just a couple of different weights and, th and then start to build your setup. But you can do so, so much of them. They're really good. Hit. Hit, we love. So hit, for people who don't know, stands for high intensity interval training. And people always get scared about the first I intensity there, uh, <clears throat> which, which basically means you should be going at a level that is intense for you. So obviously, if you're, if you're a complete beginner, you know, just gently moving around, it's going to get you out of breath. That's, That's what we're looking to do. With hit, we're looking to get out of breath, create what we call the oxygen debt. Because when we create an oxygen debt, our metabolism will spike for hours afterwards trying to recover it. Um, so HIT is lovely. It's also really easy to fit in your day, right? So we should be doing like no more than around 20 minutes if we're going at that intensity. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what was the last question? Kettlebells HIT and oh, resistance for beginners. Mm -hmm. I would say you can start with really simple body, body weight stuff. If you're a complete beginner, you know, just things like, you know, body weight squats, um, press ups from your knees. Um, you can do get you know, fill two bottles of water up and just do you know, overhead presses with bottles of water. You don't need to buy equipment to start. You know, sometimes we start clients just with uh, go and fill a couple of bottles of water and you just using your some, body some weight. Some say they use bottles of wine, but we don't necessarily <laughs> say that they should be using bottles of wine. Uh, one of the things I want to say about here as well, um obviously increases your fitness really you know if you're if you're doing that intensity and you're creating what we call an oxygen debt you're you're basically um creating this oxygen debt your body takes about 24 hours to recover from that so all that time you're burning you're burning calories it's a really really good way of helping you increase your vo2 max your fitness your endurance um, but also there's there's a lot of research there's um, a company called glyconage that we did a podcast with um, and there was, they were looking at biological age versus chronological age, and they were looking at mainly um, athletes. And a lot of the athletes, crazily, were actually biologically 20 years older um, than their chronological age and the amount of stress that they were putting on their body. And they looked at loads of different factors, and interval training was one of the only things across the board, that not just athletes, but everyone, that helped bring people's biological age down, and it really helps with brain health. So it's hit is, you know, love it or hate it. It's really, really good um, for your your body, your hormones and your brain health as well. Because as we get older, our brains start to shrink, sadly. But actually, it's really, really good for our brain health. So really good to do. I love all that, guys. Such good advice. It's such good advice. You always give such practical tips. So I love it. Now, 
mindset this is something obviously i talk a lot about but where it comes into into your guys i want to touch on mindset i also want to touch on menopause as well before we go because i know there's going to be some questions on that guys if you've got any questions for james and claire do pop them in the box because they're going to go through some of them for you now so right so mindset guys you talk about having a why what else is important so um one of the things we say to clients is first of all give yourself permission to prioritize yourself. So often in life, particularly by midlife, we prioritize so many other things. We prioritize our career, our finances, our family, our kids. What we haven't done is actually stop to go, what, what do we need right now? You know, it's going looping right back to self-care. And sometimes it's just, you know, I give myself permission to prioritize me. You know, you can't and give that's them really, an empty really important. You can't give them an empty vessel. I was talking about, you want to set an example for your kids as well. So this can start, that's the starting point, giving yourself permission to prioritise and then making a plan. And this is where a lot of people fall down. They just be like, oh, I want to lose some weight. Okay, well, actually, do you want to lose weight or should we actually be talking about you want to lose body fat? That's the real thing. How much do you want to lose? By when? What method are you going to use to achieve that? You know, we have to apply the same thing to apply to a business plan, a life plan, a financial plan to ourselves. And so, so many of us fail to do that. So the old SMART acronym really works, you know, break it all down, have a plan. But the missing part is connecting the emotion to it, which is where the why comes in. You know, this thing is going to keep you motivated. You know, why do I want this? You've got your plan laid out. You've got your steps. You've got your time scales. Just keep on yourself. Why do I want this thing? What's the emotion driving it? What do I want from this? Mm. That's what's going to keep you going. I'd also say, and then, you know, when we take people through that process, it's also really understanding what some of your triggers are. So I mentioned that earlier. So understanding, you know, what some of your behaviours, your normal behaviour that you'd like to change, some of those habits or, you know, how you might lash out when you're feeling X, Y, and Z or whatever, and actually working back, what's the trigger behind that? And actually then looking at what our belief systems are yeah. you know when when we want something you know um they, they say apparently 95 percent of our thoughts are the same as the day before so we wonder what we wonder why our present day looks so much like our past and we can kind of identify what our future is going to look like if we keep on thinking the same thoughts and feelings you know coming from the same belief systems so it's really really important to know what your story is what is your story and what What's the story that's probably going to prevent you becoming the fullest version of yourself, the version of yourself that you know is in there, you know is within you and you and you want this so much. But most of the time when people hate this as well, fail at moving towards their goals, it's because of their belief systems that are behind it. It's, it's like we see the phenomenon with, um, you know, people that um, aren't very, aren't very well off. Um, and they win the lottery. This is actually a crazy phenomenon that, you know, they win the lottery, lottery, but they've got a scarcity mindset because they're not used to having that level of money. And then they end up burning through that and becoming more in debt. It's because they do not believe that they are a, a wealthy person or able to look after money. So it's the same with anything in life. If you are not being, being the person that you know you need to be in order to have the thing that you want then that's where you need to start it's the whole be do have rather than have do be so good guys now we've got a question come in here if you are happy to look at this so um so this is from a woman and she says my stomach is actually feeling a little tender once i've eaten a meal and very bloated i'm going low on very low on caffeine caffeine and spice any thoughts from your nutritional background um, vegetables 
Um, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to know without knowing more about about what's being eaten. But um, dairy, gluten, yeah, yeah, things that cause bloating commonly are, are things like gluten, yeah, gluten, dairy, even in stuff that's healthy, cruciferous vegetables. So stuff like broccoli, like broccoli <laughs> cauliflower can cause us to bloat out. It's really good for us. the fibre in that is great for the gut biomes. Um, another thing actually is stress, right? And this is commonly it. So. When we're stressed, we have a stress response uh, and we've got two hormones that fire, adrenaline and cortisol. Cortisol uh, has the effect of actually shutting down our digestive system. So again, it's this fight or flight. Our, our hormones are shutting down the bits we don't need to fight an actual physical confrontation or run away from it right now. So reproductive system, this is why when we're stressed, like libido can go out the window. It's why um, uh, our our confidence can go down. We shut down the digestive system. So there's a big school of thinking that a lot of the modern kind of proliferation of IBS is actually down, down to like people like being stressed and eating on the run, you know, like rather than Not being conscious, sitting down and eating their meal consciously. They're in a stress state anyway, and then they're like wolfing that sandwich down in like five minutes, not really thinking about it. And of course, you're going to get complications in your gut when you've done that. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, stress is just one of those things. We're living with so much of it right now because of the pandemic anyway and everything yeah. that's going on. So, I mean, it's it's just really managing that. And it's great advice, guys. Um, a lot of people are loving the idea of your jar of ideas. Yay! That's a really good one. Yeah, really good one. That's sweet, isn't it? Yeah, really like that one too. Okay, so let's get on to menopause because Ooh. I know you guys talk about it. And we were doing a podcast on this not that long. You're, on, you're a guest on my podcast for this yeah. one, weren't you? And James mentioned something uh, called the male menopause, which I was like, what? Ah! What is that? Is there a thing? So, I mean, we, all we go through it as women, but James, say a little bit about the andropause. Is that, that's the word I learned that day. Yeah, yeah, the andropause. So um, Claire will dive into, into the female menopause. So men do go through it too. Basically what's happening for men is um, our primary sex hormone is testosterone. You know, women have estrogen and progesterone our levels of, of testosterone peak in our 20s and they start to decline at between one and three percent a year which doesn't sound a lot but cumulatively by the time we're hitting like our 50s we could be 30 to 50 percent lower and the stats say that between 30 to 50 percent of men will experience noticeable symptoms of male menopause 10 percent severe symptoms effectively what that means is with low testosterone uh, obviously you're again losing muscle mass losing strength losing energy levels, um, it's going to affect your libido, uh, it'll affect your confidence. Similarly to the female menopause, it causes brain fog, lack of concentration, poor sleep patterns. So these are all things that men will be suffering as well. And then of course, overlaying that, that's just like physiologically what's happened. You have like the psychological effects. You imagine if you're suddenly feeling like you haven't got a handle on your life anymore, you define yourself in terms of like traditional masculinity maybe, and suddenly like your libido is not firing, you're not as strong and not as fit anymore, that can start to then like exacerbate the effects of all of it, which is where like the, the very tired stereotype of midlife crisis, you know, like the 50 year old guy driving a sports car with the 18 year old model comes from. But <laughs> I laugh, it's not funny. It's, that, it's, no, it's not funny, but it's like, it's that, it's that kind of attempt to reclaim youth by not really understanding what's happening. And my mission is basically to help men understand what is happening and how you can start to work with those hormonal changes to actually build yourself a better life going forward rather than lurching into the crisis. Well, and also for the amount of female energy is to kind of understand. Um, and obviously for us women, it is way worse. It's way worse, of course. However, 
it is helpful for for women and for men to actually come together and communicate about stuff like this because the amount of people we we ran a relationship course uh, like a little workshop um, a few months ago and the amount of the men that actually did come on that workshop because we kind of said it's about understanding what the women in your life are going through but also what you're going through and bringing that to the forefront so you can have conversations rather than going in silo because it's re- it is really confusing for men a lot of time us women get to midlife and we're kind of re- re-identifying with ourselves we're wondering you know we might have had a breakup we we're starting to reclaim our power a little bit more right and so for the men sometimes that can feel really threatening so it's it's about bringing that, you know, conversation about hormonally what's going on as well, so they can understand each other a bit better. I think it's fascinating because, yeah, we don't talk about these things. I mean, us Brits probably worse than this than anyone else, but we don't really, do we? We don't really talk about it. And I think that a lot of clients that I see, it has in, impacted their relationships. Yes. Like the, the breakdown, like going through the menopause, it has really been one of the underlying causes. Yes. I hear a lot of my male clients saying, well, my wife really changed. Yes. She didn't want me around. She didn't want to be close to me. We didn't want, she didn't want to have intimacy. She didn't really talk to me. And then, you know, obviously you hear the stories of, of you know, some of the husbands who have gone off and doing yeah. crazy things that James was saying as well, like sports cars and all, all sorts of things. I mean, obviously it's not an excuse for bad behavior, right? But, right. but how do we, how do we, um, you know, how do we help people to, to start to communicate about something that probably is quite uncomfortable at times? Yeah, well, that's about the bringing the awareness to it. I think it's it. about having the, the, the courage to be vulnerable and actually have the open conversation with your partner. And that's where it's got to start. I mean, examples there are classic, you know, you can imagine um, with for both men and women, what's going on hormonally, you know, like one of the things is, is libido is going to go. But you can imagine then the psych- psychosexual impact going on. It's like, you know, one day the woman's like, oh, you know, I come in the man's or anything. Oh, you know, last time we tried this, it didn't work for me. And I'm not feeling like it anyway. So he says no, the woman feels rebuffed. So that's more distance. Then the man might feel bad. So then he tries to come on hard to the woman and she's like, no, what? And, ju- and they're just going further and further away. No one's going, hey, you know, look, I forget what's happening is like here, my, my hormones, I'm feeling this way at the moment. I still love you dearly. I want to connect with you physically. But it can you know, feel it's very alone. Those, those open, honest conversations, I think. So we all know where we stand. I think you can feel very alone um, when you're going through the menopause or the andropause. You know, you can feel incredibly isolated and you know, even starting to bring awareness to it. So you don't think it's just you. You know, a lot of women and men think, oh, this is just me. This is just happening to me. But actually, guy, like bring some self-compassion to it. It is your hormones. It is happening to way more many, all of us. It's happening to all of us. And you, you know, bringing that to the forefront so people have the courage and the vulnerability to talk about it is really, really key. Yeah, I was going to say as well, you know, it's human nature to internalise stuff. And what happened there is like, you're sat there silent thinking, oh, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's wrong with me? Or the other extreme, you go going, oh, what's it's wrong with the- them? Actually, you know, maybe, maybe you just need to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I mean, communication is key, isn't it? And I think, you know, if you've never really communicated in a relationship, it can be hard suddenly to start yeah. communicating, can't it? But, you know, I think with, you know, it's something we all learn when you come out of a relationship, things that weren't right. And if you have, yeah, you know, if you are going through that right now, you're going through a breakup, you know, this is one of those lessons to bank, right? Yes. Communication is key. And yeah. like James said, being a bit vulnerable and saying, look, you know, this is what's going on for me right now, because the interpretation, I think that's really interesting what you're saying, the interpretation by somebody else, like your partner in a relationship 
can be very different to what you feel like for example if you just you, you don't have any libido that day you don't want to have sex and they do they feel rejected and they think well they don't like me anymore they're going off me yeah and that's not it you know so i think those that kind of communication is going to be really important Sorry. It's all the lens, isn't it? It's the lens of our reality. So everyone has a different reality, but we go at everything with our own lens. And actually understanding one of the things, the main things that we always talk about from our divorces was actually understanding where I could have actually done a bit better, to be honest. And, you know, some of the things that um, I learned about myself was that that lens that I had on wasn't always correct. And if I'd have communicated, I probably would have understood a little bit better. Um, it wouldn't have changed anything. And it's, it's still, it still would have played out the way it played out. But you do learn about communication. You do learn about when you're projecting stuff onto someone else. And learning about yourself is really, really key in relationships moving forward and communicating. Now, Hayley, are you there? Because I'd like to run that poll. We did have a well-being poll. Yeah. Um, I'm here. Let's run it and just see what what's coming up oh a well-being poll yes so what is your biggest well-being challenge guys is it fitness is it weight or is it mindset so for those of you jump on let's see <laughs> i love this this is very clever yeah. it's amazing i can't take any credit this is Haley. she's amazing yeah okay let's see so your biggest well-being challenge Fitness, weight, or mindset? Ooh, it's changing a bit, right? It's changing a bit. Come on, guys. What is it for you? What is it for you? Okay, let's see. So, fitness is coming in third place at 16%. Weight, 24%. And mindset, 61%. 61. 62. Yeah. It's just got 62. Yeah. So, is that what you guys see? That actually yeah, it's the yeah, mindset? Yeah. Absolutely. We have a saying, we say, you cannot outperform yeah, your self-identity. And if we look at, um, you know, that. yeah, look at the traditional diet industry, right? There's the stats out there, over 97% of dieters put on more weight once they finish your diet, because most diets are rubbish. That's one point. But they are <laughs> fundamentally addressing their mindset. You know, if you have a belief that actually I'm not capable of, of losing this weight and then keeping it off, I cannot sustain this, guess what? You're going to rebound. So it's about actually that we, we've been talking about you know what beliefs do i want who do i want to be and then it's hard work to do but actually it makes everything easier in the long run when you're like i am healthy i make good choices with food most of the time i enjoy working out and that becomes your default setting you, you know you change the neuroscience of your brain then it becomes easy to do it if you're locked in this place of like oh it's hard for me i don't like it guess what it's always going to be hard for you and you won't like and it the thing so is, it's about changing your, your focus it doesn't matter what you beliefs. it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what you do externally if that belief system is not congruent this is congruence theory if it's not congruent to what you're doing this will always ping back this will always win out and here's the thing about your subconscious mind, your belief systems and everything. It will always seek pleasure over pain and it will always go for the path of the least resistance. This is why this, everyone's like, that's the hardest bit. This is the hardest bit. Absolutely, it is for everyone. But it's the most fulfilling bit because once, you know, neuroscience says we can, re that we can build new neural pathways in our brain and we can do this with so much of the stuff you teach. It's visualizations, it's affirmations, it's uh, future pacing, it's all these sorts of things. And gratitude and these kind of some of these spiritual practices that can start help rewiring the brain 
for the result that we want to go for. And without that, it's not, it's not, it might happen, but you're not going to stay there. And that's it's 80% mindset, 20% doing. And that's why everything that we do is underpinned with mindset. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, it's really enlightening, isn't it? I love it. I love it. So, I mean, James and Claire are going to be joining me. I'm running a live retreat, guys. If you yes. We're running. I can't wait. We're doing, Sorry, finally, please. we're allowed to be in yes. the same room. James and Claire, where can people find you? Um, you're everywhere, but give us a <laughs> <laughs> Just a few places. Where can people find out more about you guys? Yeah, so I guess uh, the easiest way is our website, which is themidlifementors.com, all one word. Um, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is midlifementors. At midlifementors. Well, James midlife doesn't mentors. really do Instagram, so he always does it wrong. At midlifementors. <laughs> uh, and on Facebook, The Midlife Mentors. Yeah. Okay, we'll find oh, you. We'll find you. Yeah, podcast. Podcast. Oh, yeah. podcast. Podcast, The Midlife Mentors podcast. Super easy. Super easy. And also they're on my podcast as well. A couple yeah. of episodes we've done, haven't we? So awesome. And we All can't right. wait to come to your retreat. Can't wait. Can't wait. So excited for that in March. Spring will be in the air. New beginning. We'll get everyone moving. We'll yeah. sort out their mindsets. It'll be brilliant. So brilliant. All right. Well, thank you guys. Always love oh. to see you. Oh, thank, thank you so much. much. Fabulous guests. Thanks. Oh, thank you, pleasure. Our pleasure. Thank Sending you lots so of love to you all. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to head on over to themidlifementors.com to find out more about James and Claire and all their work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sarah's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.